Heavyweight, Suffering in the Gospel, Part 2. We remember last week, we went through having this, this treasure, which is ultimately the treasure is the glory of God reflected in Jesus Christ that we behold that transforms us. This treasure we have in jars of clay, meaning that we have weakness in our bodies and that we suffer in various ways as Christians. And in this, in this suffering, God is working to show that the surpassing power does not belong to us, but to God. God is the one who is at work. And so that was part one. Our suffering reveals God's power and our weakness. Now part two is that our suffering is creating eternal glory for us to enjoy. And we'll go right to the main verse and we'll talk about that for a while and then we'll get to the rest of the context. Verse 17. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So Paul's talking here about suffering, the whole context here is suffering, we're saying, and he's, the first thing he wants to say about the suffering is that it is slight. Now, slight is a word you might talk about somebody if you were trying to, uh, you know, you know, talk about a guy who was like, kind of wiry and be like, it's slight, because it's speaking of about a weight, so something that isn't very heavy. It's the word for a light burden, like if you were lifting a PVC pipe. It's like it might look impressive, I don't know, but uh, not a lot of weight to it. And the second thing about the affliction is it momentary, which is like just for a moment, something of short duration that just doesn't last and have consequences like the poke of a needle. That was a joke, but um, this slight momentary affliction is in comparison to the far surpassing, the beyond all comparison, weight of glory. Now, he doesn't call this slight momentary affliction like light in itself, and we'll see why in a second. But in comparison to the far surpassing weight of glory. And, and sometimes people, like, you can, you can quote this verse here. So somebody, they're going through a hard time. You know, maybe, oh, you know, they just got diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and, and I mean, I think about my, my, my good friends, uh, uh, Kristen, Kristen, we pray for her almost every Sunday. She's, uh, we did ministry together with them. Uh, she's a mother of, her two kids are Zaris and Havila's age. And uh, yeah, she has terminal cancer, and 
you know, she's been on basically palliative care for six, seven months. And, and you, you hear a story like that, and then you read this verse. Slight, momentary affliction. And, and it might seem to you that like Paul is being a little cavalier here. It's like, like Paul, don't you know like how hard it is? Like suffering for years and years with this cancer. A year ago, I mean, we were still praying for Marilyn Daniels, who, who passed away uh, less than a year ago, so long with bone cancer. And, and, and it's like, like, Paul, are you calling that slight and momentary? Is that fair? Is that like, does, doesn't that just seem like a little like, well, Paul, you know, maybe you shouldn't be saying something like that. But I think this is a misunderstanding of the point. Like, like Paul isn't calling the affliction like PVC pipe, like lifting. Okay? Because PVC, P, PVC pipe is light compared to a 200 pound like bench press weight. Like the PVC pipe is light, but light is comparative. And so a dump truck might be heavy. Like I am not lifting a dump truck no matter how long I try. But compared to a mountain, a dump truck is of insignificant weight. And this is what Paul's comparison is. He says he wants you to look to the mountain of God's glory for us. God's glory for us. Way of glory for us. He wants to look to the mountain of that to show that this thing that might seem like a dump truck that you're trying to lift in your light life is light in comparison to in comparison to the weight of God's glory. After all, if there's anyone who can say this thing without being glib, it's Paul. After all, this is the guy who was stoned not just once, <laughs> but twice. Usually it's a thing that just happens once to you and you die from it and you get over it. But Paul has to live with it. Paul tells us again and again, For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. He wrote this three chapters earlier than he writes what he wrote in our verse today. Later on, he's going to talk about, for even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. But we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. And he writes this to a church that he founded, that he sweated and bled for, who now has people going around whispering like, hey, And there's like all of these things, you, you think like, like Paul knows what affliction is and he knows how heavy they can be. So Paul, the heavyweight is not a PVC pipe, it is heavy. And maybe 
using the weightlifting analogy, you can only lift it with like spotters around you and you don't think it's going to work, but it's actually light, but in comparison to the reward waiting for you. And, and, and it's not just waiting, like, like reward waiting. We think about like God's reward. And we think about our life like, okay, we're just going to endure this really hard thing and get to the good thing eventually. And now that would be an amazing promise, but the promise going on in this verse is even better than that. Let's look close. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And, and preparing here is like preparing, like preparing a feast. It is the work that causes something. You see this in some of the other translations a little better. For our momentary light suffering is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. Like the word here is an action of work that results in something. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. And this point is so important and, and it's such a key thing to have in your minds on the day when the worst happens. Is that nothing happens to a believer that is pointless or random, but is actually producing, achieving, causing to a completed effect glory. It is, it is making it in such a way that for the believer, your suffering, every tear you cry has a purpose and an effect in eternity that is outlasting and far outshines any reward that you could imagine in this earth. And so that if you justly endure with God any suffering, it will have its reward in the weight of glory far beyond what we could imagine. This slight momentary affliction is preparing, it's doing an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And, and glory here, glory is a little bit of an interesting word because there's probably two ways you can take it and I'm not sure exactly which, but both are awesome. Like the first way, the, the most typical way we think of glory, is, and it's probably the one in this text that like makes the most sense, is like this is the glory of God, which is splendor, radiance, and beauty that we get to experience forever in a greater way. Now that's one way to take it, and it's awesome. The other way to take it is equally awesome. So glory, if the word glory, when it's talking about people usually doesn't mean shininess, although like shininess glory, like that's something like literally Daniel says, we will shine like the stars of the heaven. Like that is a real promise. But it usually means just like reward 
commendation, like, like the, the glory of getting a, a reward. And if that is the case, then whatever we suffer for God is earning this eternal reward for us. And so in some way it has to do with the glory of God, in some way in, in, in reward. And, and those meanings are, are probably both true in some way. But what is sure is this reward is beyond all comparison. And the English actually struggles here to, to get it because Paul, he, it says something like this, the weight of the glory is surpassing into surpassing. He, he uses a, a double superlative. It's like very, very. In fact, it's funny because he uses the same word for like the, the surpassing, except he does it twice, as he uses at the beginning when he says we were so utterly burdened. Utterly burdened. It's the same weight word. It's the same beyond word. We were utterly burdened. But now, when you look back, that this eternal weight of glory is far beyond, far beyond. What is this weight of glory? Beyond all comparison. Now this idea that your suffering is achieving something is not just a throwaway idea in one line of Paul, but this is something that just pervades in the New Testament. That your crisis has a result. That your suffering does something. That every tear is paid back not just a little bit but in a multitude beyond all comparison by god but rejoice in so far as you share christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed jesus blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Your suffering as a believer is not pointless, but is producing a glory and reward beyond all comparison. Everything has a point if, one, it's truly with Christ, and, and this is like the you can, you can suffer without Christ and it's a result of your own stupidity or other people's stupidity or just the stupidity of the world and, and it really doesn't do anything. Like suffering alone doesn't save us. But when you come to Christ, every suffering is transformed, is transformed by God's power to result in some heavenly reward. Now, in, in some way, it's what, what unites us with Christ, and there's some, like, mystical thing going on there that I don't quite, like, grasp entirely. But in every way, God promises that if you do the right thing, if you stick in, if you're still willing to do the right thing, even when it hurts, God is going to do even more than you could imagine for you. So, our suffering is creating eternal glory for us to enjoy.
Now, how do you do this? How can you see that the heavy weight of suffering is actually light in comparison? How do you look to things you can't see? Now, ultimately, it's faith in Christ. And I think the rest of the text gives us at least three things to guide us in having this be our response instead of being, huh, you know, God doesn't really know my pain. So, being Christmas season, we did sort of like ghost of Christmas past, present, future here. So, past, remember Christ's resurrection from the dead. Second, present, daily, holy spirit renewal. In the future, look to God's promises, what is unseen. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. This is really cool, but it's a little hard to understand. I'm going to explain it quickly. Paul here quotes Psalm 116. Psalm 116 is a psalm where the psalmist is in some terrible trouble, but while he's in trouble, he talks to himself and he says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous our God is merciful. Now he says this when he's in the midst of terrible trouble. Now Paul says that like, as the psalmist spoke when he was in trouble, we should too, remembering the promises of God, and the promise of God here is, he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also. And so what this says is that when we suffer, what we need to do, I believe also I spoke. And so if we wanna prepare for suffering in a godly way, we need to speak the truth. And here the truth is, the truth is, God was faithful to Jesus Christ to be with him through his suffering, to raise him from the dead, so then, so then we can be also. The way that we do this is by speaking that truth out loud. I believed and so I spoke. And so we need to speak the truth. It's like one thing, like one this verse, that our light momentary affliction is preparing us an eternal weight of glory. And, and to speak that out, to come to church, and we sing, when we sing the truths, when we read the truths, when we, we say the Apostles' Creed, like that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that, that he suffered, died, rose from the dead on the third day, when we get that into our brains, it changes how we think and feel and respond on the hardest day. So remember Christ's resurrection from the dead. Remember the truth of God. Second, present, daily Holy Spirit renewal. This is all for your sake. So that his grace extends more and more people, to more and more people It may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So, we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. How do you do this? I think of wasting away here, and this is, this makes me think of my grandmother. 
who was vibrant and full of health when my kids were born, basically, uh, especially when Keziah was born. She got a diagnosis with ALS and in five years just sort of faded to being a body broken down with a mind that was full, trapped inside, and it was a horrible thing to see. And, and in some ways, like that is a, a just a, a slight, like a very sped up picture of what happens to all of us. Our bodies get weak, they waste away, we have the sufferings of this world, we have the accumulation of the worries, anxieties, and sorrows, and all of this is going on day by day by day. And yet Paul says, while this is happening for him, looking to Christ, though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Now, the way that that happens is by trusting the plan of the Lord Jesus Christ, and most of all, by God's Spirit working inside us day by day. That when we wake up, we can be drawn again to his word. That when we think in that day when trouble hits us, that God finds us. That the Holy Spirit reminds us of these truths. The Spirit's presence in his fullness. If you want to experience this, and it's simply a daily turning away from sin, setting your mind on God by the Spirit, and experience the Holy Spirit's power to renew us as our outer nature is wasting away. Because if we continue to just give in to the way of the world and the flesh and the devil, like our inner spirit isn't renewed day by day. But with God's power, it can be as we trust and turn away in the Spirit's power, which can conquer any earthly, for, earthly force. And we can know our suffering is creating eternal glory for us to enjoy, the Spirit being the down payment of the reward. And finally, future, we can look to God's promises. All of the God's promises that find their yes in Christ to the glory of God as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So how can you see that the heavy weight of suffering is actually light in comparison? It's to be able to see the unseen glory of God waiting for you. To look to the thing that you can't see yet. And Paul tells us to look to the things that are unseen. He says the things that are seen are transient. And that's, that's probably like the big reminder here intellectually is to just like look around and realize everything is dying and passing and not all that important in the grand, grand scheme of things. To be reminded that it is passing so that you can look to things that you can't quite see, but knowing that these are the things that are lasting. This is hard, but this really is 
faith, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Practically looking to the things you can't see is the habits and being in a community that reminds you like, hey, like look to God here. Setting your mind on the promise and looking at not the difficulty of like practicing in the moment. Ever practice for something that's really hard? Like I tried to learn music once, ugh, terrible. Being able to visualize like what the reward is at the end helps us endure the hardship of the present. Remember Christ's resurrection from the dead. Feel the promise of the Holy Spirit and look to God's promises. And know the promise deep down that this slight momentary affliction, which is really heavy, like might be heavier than anything that you could imagine, but its heaviness is actually telling you, the heaviness of your burden is actually telling you the weight and the beauty of your reward, which will far surpass it from what God is working right now if you only look to Christ instead of turning away. Let's pray.